You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to Sporting News. We're tracking all the latest free agency signings. They still come trickling in here. We're still not quite through with the most notable offensive skill players being signed. Most of them have found homes here. We broke down the latest for you on yesterday's show, looking at... Uh, Curtis Samuel going to the Washington football team. That's a pretty big splash addition. Today, we'll focus on two moves that are a little bit under the radar, a little unusual the way they went down here. So we'll lead off the show looking at the latest there at running back and wide receiver. Then some other moves across the board, including a starting quarterback from 2020 finding a backup job in 2021 we'll finally look at uh, some key defensive updates and who's still left out there that looking for homes here and the rumors that are attached to these players so good way to close the week one more set of free agency fantasy football takeaways for you so let's get right to it here on a friday kenny and drake happened late in the afternoon on Thursday, the former Cardinals and Dolphins running back, he ends up with, of all teams, the Las Vegas Raiders, two years at $11 million for Kenny Drake. He played on the transition tag for the Cardinals. Kenny Drake just can't seem to catch a break. You saw with the Dolphins, he had a nice kind of breakout, mini breakout, replacing Jay Ajayi in the Adam Gaze era. Then Adam Gaze grew tired of him, so they dealt him to the Cardinals. The Cardinals were getting tired of David Johnson. He was wearing down. They handed over the backfield to Kenny Drake a couple years ago in the rookie year of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. He went off. Then again, last year, Chase Edmonds came on, and he was a big factor they were limiting uh, Drake's touches, and he kind of got phased out again. So something happens with Kenyon Drake. Well, now he gets signed behind Josh Jacobs, and this is not a good development for Josh Jacobs because look at the money here, 5.5. I know they're both Alabama products, so I'm sure uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden have some plans for Kenny Drake as a change of pace. They want to be a run-oriented team there. There's no question about it. Play off that, the play action for a D- Derek Carr throwing downfield. They want to stretch the field. They got Henry Ruggs to do that in an expanded role here. Uh, now John Brown essentially replacing Nelson Aguilar. So you got Ruggs, Brown, and Renfro as your receivers. So they kind of keep the style of wideouts the same. You have Darren Waller as your big intermediate to deep threat at tight end. But now Kenya Drake complicates things. We were already frustrated that Josh Jacobs didn't get the committed touches that John Gruden and the offense uh, had planned for him, and they started using Jalen Richard in some change of pace situations. Last year, Devontae Booker, who's now with the Giants, uh, backing up Saquon Barkley, a new backup there. He's moved on, but Kenny Drake is pretty much a souped-up version here of Devontae Booker. 
And Drake, we know, can be a 1,000-yard rusher. He's a very strong runner. He also has some decent receiving skills. He's also a touchdown pilfer artist. That was one of his biggest values last year in an overall disappointing season for the Cardinals. So he still got it done in the red zone. So this is real concerning to Josh Jacobs' value. And Jacobs hasn't maybe ran as hard as he needed to at times. He bulked up a little bit. He's trying to get to be a more complete back. The blocking has been up and down. They've changed up their offensive line, by the way. Richie Incognito is back, but Gabe Jackson is gone. He's in Seattle now. He was traded instead of being cut. Rodney Hudson, the longtime center, he's with the Cardinals. So he goes where Drake was. So now you have a Nick Martin coming in, the former Texans center brother of Zach. So this offensive line is a bit of transition here. You got Colton Miller. You also had uh, Trent Brown being traded back to the Patriots. So shakeup up front. Jacobs having this other back that's legitimate here, sharing some time potentially. You don't make an investment, again, a $5.5 million in a season in a running back in 2021 unless you plan to use him in a key role. So this is terrible because it doesn't really help Drake in his spot and it doesn't really help Josh Jacobs one bit. So for some reason, Jacobs can't seem to break out and say he's the guy. I mean, we were talking about him breaking him down in our last kind of offseason in review with the Raiders. I mean, he was a borderline RB1 still with his production and volume, and he's pretty durable. So I think there's a lot of potential, and he could get better as a first-round pick. But this screams like they're going to go to more of a committee situational, potentially, uh, I hate to use the word, hot hand, but uh, that's not good for fantasy football. We know that. So John Gruden, Mike Mayock, what are you doing to us? It's very confusing. Now, this is an interesting landing spot as well. Will Fuller, I think people, when they looked at Will Fuller in free agency, they looked at a guy that can't finish seasons, durability issues, soft tissue with hamstring and ankle and all those type of things, and a guy that was suspended to end 2020 here for Houston. So, First-round pick out of Notre Dame, another first-rounder here that is trying to reestablish himself on a new team. But this is not a bad flyer, and literally that's a good way to describe Will Fuller because he's a flyer. He's a deep threat. He stretches the field. And the Dolphins, you look at their situation, they got Preston Williams there. He's been hurt. He's got knee injury issues. He's had some problems in the past, but... I don't know if you can totally hang your hat on Preston Williams being a key complimentary receiver to Devontae Parker. That's why they were attached a lot to uh, wide receivers in the draft. I still think they're going to go chase a wide receiver in the draft. And I use the word chase pretty uh, carefully there because uh, Jamar Chase could be the option, Jalen Waddle and uh, Devontae Smith. But I still think they need that versatile inside-outside guy for Tua Tagovola. Devontae Parker's a good outside big target. Will Fuller, you can't count on him because of the injuries, again. And he's a pretty much a deep threat. So you need that guy in the middle of the field, in the 11 personnel for Tua Tagvola, where you can spread the field, not trying to force in Mike Gusecki in those situations. Spread the field, get it downfield, use Tagvola's big arm, and that's what they want to do here. So this is good news for him, but I, I don't think the Dolphins are necessarily done with their moves here in wide receiver land here. They need to upgrade. They need three legitimate starters. Fuller again and Williams maybe give you the potential for a decent complimentary number two, but 
I think they need to go after a guy that's more like a number one. I see Parker with his size and ability more as a number two here. So, again, Will Fuller, I don't love the value. I don't think you're going to get what we saw with the Deshaun Watson and Texans consistently scoring when he's on the field making big plays, either stretching the field for touchdowns or getting the short scores to redeem his value in most weeks where he's healthy and playing. So I don't see that happening here in Miami, especially if it gets crowded and Jamar Chase, Smith, or Waddle comes into the mix here for the Dolphins. But overall, this is good news for Tua Tagovailoa. Upgrade the weapons. He had some decent chemistry with Gusecki. You get Gusecki, Parker, Fuller, maybe another receiver in the draft. So all good things here developing for Tua. And it looks like the Dolphins are going to stick with him and not make some uh, crazy trade for Watson. But maybe the acquisition of Fuller is a precursor for that. Maybe the blockbuster trade is still coming. So something to watch as well here as they get the Texans' former wide receiver. All right, so those are the two biggest moves that we had to talk about here, and big relative to the rest of what's happening here in free agency in regards to fantasy football. We'll get into some minor moves next, then we'll look at defense and our guys that we want to get signed soon so we can kind of start assessing their fantasy football value. That'll be in our final segment there. So two more segments to go. Before we get into all that, I have to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but NBA, NHL, and college basketball, March Madness, are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to uh, break down uh, some of the other moves that happened there on Thursday, including what happened to Mitchell Trubisky. All right, so we do have uh, to talk about Mitchell Trubisky in this situation, what's happened with the Bears. But as a reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. So let's look here. There was another uh, receiving... uh, move of note, and yet another one that shake things up, and we'll get into those first here before we talk about Trubisky. Brashad Perryman, you might remember that his father did play for the Lions. Well, he bounces around. We thought he might be good fantasy value with the Jets. He couldn't stay healthy and get out there and be active. He had one big game there for them, but it didn't work out on the one-year deal trying to replace Robbie Anderson. We know he's a super sub there at the end of the 2019 season, for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin when both of those guys were hamstrung and he performed as a late value wide receiver one borderline. Rashad Perriman bounces around again, the former first round pick of the Ravens uh, trying to resurrect his career late. It didn't quite work as a Bucks third option. It's not uh, meant to be here with the Jets. So he ends up in Detroit. And remember Detroit has not re-signed Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones Jr. has left for Jacksonville. This might affect them a little bit in terms of where they go with the wide receiver, but if they bring back Holiday and have Perryman, there might be less emphasis in going after a wide receiver in the draft, but 
You got Perriman to me, you really can't trust him to be a consistent starter. The durability issues are there. The, just not a guy that you can trust all around in route running. So we'll still watch what happens with Galladay, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in our final segment. I'm not feeling great that Galladay is going to return to Detroit, so that's going to leave two big voids there without Galladay and Jones. And keep in mind, Danny Amendola is also a free agent. So Lions could just see a massive overhaul at wide receiver here. And again, Perriman is just so they can cover their bases a little bit to say, look, we've got to have someone out there throw. But uh, Brett Perryman was a former Lion, so you get Sun there in Detroit. And again, not a bad signing at the bargain price here for Detroit. We'll see what happens. But again, I don't see him having a big role when it's all said and done that I'm going to trust in fantasy more than a wide receiver four or five flyer. The next move was interesting here that we have to look at the Jaguars, Keelan Cole. They've moved on here. They got Marvin Jones, as we mentioned. Uh, they got LaVisca Cheneau. They can move him in the slot there in year two. DJ Chark is still part of the Jaguars. They also added Philip Dorsett. So Keelan Cole, there was no room for him. Chris Conley, by the way, still a free agent, along with Dee Westbrook. And by the way, Patriots also released former Jaguar Marquise Lee. So a lot of those type receivers are out there. But Cole finds a new home with the New York Jets here. This is interesting. The Jets did splurge, remember, to get Corey Davis. So they got Corey Davis and Denzel Mims on the outside. What position did Cole primarily play for the Jaguars last year? Slot receiver. Who played that position for the Jets here the past couple of years? Jamison Crowder. So pun intended, there's a bit of a crowd now at slot receiver. And they've talked about will they cut Jamison Crowder. So a move like this for one year for Cole for $5.5 million would suggest potentially, yeah, that's a good investment. And Cole, and Cole was pretty good in flashes in fantasy. You could count on him like every fifth game or so to produce, but he also had a return touchdown there in a game. I think it was against the Packers. So not a bad utility man type receiver for the Jaguars. I mean, he was they're probably the most reliable receiver just out of necessity with the injuries and the youth there for the uh, Jaguars last year. So... Yeah, he's serviceable, but that's not a bad collection of receivers. I mean, if you have Cole and Crowder and you keep both of them to work like a double inside combination or Cole gets involved in the return game, they're able to spread the field and go more forward wide with uh, whoever's at their quarterback. That'll be fun to watch. So definitely some weapons building. It's boosting Sam Darnold to keep him from being so buried outside of QB2 territory where if he stays that... Maybe he rises at a decent QB2. If he goes, then we're going to see what Zach Wilson or maybe the pipe dream still alive with Deshaun Watson here. But certainly Cole versus Crowder is something we're going to watch. Crowder could be out there and available for another team to scoop up there to play in the middle of the field. Maybe Green Bay. Keep that in mind. So Cole going to the Jets along with uh, Davis could have some repercussions here in changing things up. Now we'll get to Mitchell Trubisky. Andy Dalton, we know, signed with Chicago. And there's an interesting update there is that unlike Ryan Fitzpatrick, who wasn't guaranteed the starting job when he agreed to sign with the Washington football team, the Bears told Andy Dalton that he's the starter. So they're expecting him to be the starter. I know things can change. Remember, Mike Lennon was signed to be a starter. Then they drafted Trubisky, and that didn't work out for either quarterback. And last year, you had Nick Foles, and that didn't work out with Trubisky. So the Bears can really do a 180 at this, but... Andy Dalton was enticed to buy the opportunity to start. He was okay as a a sub there for the Cowboys. He didn't have a lot of things going for him. He hit the COVID-19 list. He was okay at times when he had the support. But Andy Dalton is a supported guy. So 
They did keep Allen Robinson. He at least signed his uh, tender at $18 million. So they have Allen Robinson. They're still thinking about shopping Anthony Miller. But uh, Dalton settles in the starter, while Mitchell Trubisky settles for being the backup to Josh Allen for the Bills. So they had uh, Matt Barkley. And uh, Allen is a physical quarterback, runs around. He can be in danger. Trubisky's now a higher-end backup. He was a decent starter for the Bears. So, again... We know this kills his value unless something happens to Allen. He's a freight train of a big player that he can, however, get hurt. We've seen Cam Newton get hurt. He's a similar built type quarterback. So Trubisky, just something to keep in mind that he's not a bad one of those plug-and-play quarterbacks. Remember, he's a good athlete. He has good weapons there with Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox. So pretty good offense here for Trubisky if something were to happen to Allen. So you're looking for those quarterbacks that you could plug and play if something were to happen to starter, that if you invested highly on Allen, you don't want to have a big-time backup. You can look at Mr. Trubisky and say, look, we're going to just stash him. If something happens to Allen, I can get by for a couple weeks if Trubisky has the keys to this Bills offense. So not a bad landing spot. I think Mitchell had to take what he could get out there the starting jobs had dried up pretty quickly and once the Bears said they were going to move on to Dalton that was uh, pretty much the indication that the time for Mitchell Trubisky was over in Chicago it was fun while it lasted it'll be funny if uh, Mahomes is the only guy left with his original team from that 2017 uh, first round draft should uh, Watson get traded we'll still be on that watch finally one move I don't know if it does that much, but it is kind of shocking money. Two years, $14 million for Kyle Rudolph. The Giants give him that, the former Vikings tight end. I thought he's on the downside of his career. He's pretty much a blocker, but could hurt the value of Evan Ingram a little bit, where they pivot more to maybe going to three receivers. So the Giants and the other team we're going to watch to expand their wide receiver horizons. Uh, I would expect with Golden Tate to... Uh, being released that Sterling Shepard will slide in the slot and they got uh, Darius Slayton. So you kind of have to find a complete kind of number one that you can uh, put on the outside for the Giants. So I don't know, will they pivot to more 12 personnel and go that way to help a Saquon Barkley in line blocking? Rudolph can still do that very well. Evan Ingram is more known as a move tight end, not the greatest blocker. He's gotten a little bit better in that capacity, but Rudolph is very solid. We know that with the Vikings running game. So we know uh, Dave Gettleman, the offensive line, Hog Mollies, and all that stuff. They like to be sturdy up front here. So I think the Giants easily could go for offensive line help to uh, boost themselves here in the draft. So a lot of things to watch for. But uh, yeah, Rudolph, again, still very valuable. Again, he might cut into Ingram a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's a total 12 personnel team or will they stretch the field and make Ingram the slot. So there's so many things we're going to watch here for the Giants, but interesting, but certainly I think it really helps Saquon Barkley coming off injury to have a little bit better backup situation in Booker, having Rudolph up front and some uh, perceived uh, changes here that are going to happen with the Giants offensive line. All right, so there you have a look at some of those other signings other than Drake and Fuller that we'll get into some of the defensive guys that to find new homes uh, that uh, can change the course of a few defenses. And then finally, uh, I have about... Uh, Five guys that I'm really tracking to see now offensively where they land as uh, some of the names uh, kind of get snatched up here in this uh, so-called fourth day. I don't think it's really the fourth wave, but I would say about the we're probably in the wave two and a half now of NFL free agency. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, awesome tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup, we're into the enticing eight folks of the championship battle. We're looking at uh, caramel brownie and double chocolate. What a matchup. Two classic flavors here. My thoughts on this is uh, double chocolate is one of my favorite built bars. I get it in the mix pack. I love it. And chocolate, chocolate. I'm a chocoholic. I lean there. You know from uh, what I've said on this podcast that I lean toward the built bar classic flavors. But uh, double chocolate again, smooth. And we know with 100% chocolate, it's just magically tasting here. It's just so good, smooth. And all the built bars have that same flavor. So. Really, it's win-win situation, whatever built bar you vote for because they all taste great here. But my favorite here in this matchup, double chocolate over caramel brownie. You can go to builtbar.com or Built Bar on Twitter and uh, cast your vote there and we'll see who will win the built bar, built bar Madness Championship. And make sure when you're there to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We'll be right back here to uh, clean up uh, the latest uh, moves in NFL free agency and the latest non-moves and rumors. All right, we're into our final segment of the week. Yeah, it's been busy. We uh, have had now four straight days of... Free agency fantasy football takeaways. We will eventually get to our next team in our uh, off-season kind of uh, preview in the 2020 season review. That would be Los Angeles Chargers, our final team in the AFC West. And we have to go to the AFC West. So we'll get into that probably good for a good chunk of next week here. Uh, once uh, free agency kind of quiets down on Fridays on Locked NFL, listen every Friday as your boy Q and Christopher Carter joined by betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so some defensive moves that happened here. I really like what the Browns have done. Their secondary is looking slick here, folks. I mean, they added a John Johnson from the Rams. Well, they said John Johnson's pretty good. I like that number two corner opposite uh, Jalen Ramsey. He had a career year, three defensive touchdowns. Troy Hill ends up in Cleveland. So Cleveland trying to make sure they're settled here. They have Greedy Williams, but... They want to make sure that uh, they can maybe move him to slot. You also have Denzel Ward. So you add Troy Hill. He's a veteran. He's uh, getting on the other side. Maybe had a career year. He's on the other side of 30, but still very valuable. Very solid coverage man and can make big plays on the ball. Good compliment to what Denzel Ward does. So now you have John Johnson. You have Grant Delpit coming back from injury from LSU. This secondary is looking good, folks, here. And uh, we know up front, Miles Garrett is a disruptor, and they're going to figure out some other guys. They had Porter Gustin and a committee of folks trying to rush the passer. I think that's going to be a priority for the Browns, either a linebacker or a versatile end outside linebacker they could put out and make some plays here. But as the Browns get better offensively and just a better team overall, they'll have the ability to tee off on teams and be more fantasy football relevant. So I really like Hill. Big playmaking quotient he brings to the Browns, just like Johnson and Delpit will and Ward. So pretty good secondary they're putting together as uh, that was a bit of a weakness with some of the injuries and things that happened for Cleveland last year. 
The Jets are trying to get a little bit better in the secondary. They got a complimentary safety to Marcus May, who was franchise tagged. Now, it's a little different direction. I think uh, Jamal Adams is going to be a hard guy to replace regardless, but Desmond or LaMarcus Joyner was uh, released here by the Raiders. He's been disappointing. Another former Ram. And again, he doesn't have a lot left, but gives you some sub-package versatility to help in the nickel, but also some free safety help. So not a bad play. The Jets are certainly committed to overhauling that defense. They've got Carl Lawson for the pass rush here. So something to watch here. The Jets certainly trying to become an improving defensive team under the defensive-minded watch here of Robert Sala. The Texans have made a lot of random moves. I don't understand quite a few of them. They're just like mid-level players. But this is their top player that they signed, Desmond King. I like him. He's the top slot corner. They really struggled there. They do have Bradley Roby. Keep that in mind. So the Texans have a pretty good uh, corner that that they can look at. So King in the slot. So the secondary could be quite improved here. So no longer just plugging and playing everybody, number two, number three receivers against the Texans. So something that will change here. Desmond King was pretty good for the Titans after he was traded midseason from the Chargers. Finally, let's look at the guys offensively that are not signed that we're tracking. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's got a lot of interest from different teams here, but nothing quite happening. Uh, the Steelers still could be the way he ends up returning here, so we'll watch that. Kenny Galladay, the Dolphins weren't play early, but they ultimately took the cheaper flyer and Will Fuller because you have to invest more in Galladay long-term to sign him. So Galladay is now tracking to the Ravens. So I would love that move because you have a guy that can stretch the field, but also number one complete receiver. Takes pressure off Marquise Brown. He can just be the Z deep threat while Galladay becomes the X. So that'd be huge for Lamar Jackson and, and also help uh, Mark Andrews open things up underneath. The running game, everything would be fantastic if the Ravens can land Kenny Galladay. So we're going to watch that. That looks like the team to watch here for Kenny Galladay as we go forward. What are the Buccaneers doing? They're kind of slow on Leonard Fournette and James White. Well, the Bucks have really brought back everyone they wanted to bring back. So if they're pretty slow on Fournette, that says they're ready to move on. Why not? I mean, you have the 32nd overall pick in the draft. you got two backs potentially sitting there, Travis Etienne of Clemson or uh, Najee Harris of Alabama. Why don't you go for one of those guys? And I think they have to be more receiving style back. That was Fournette's biggest value in relation to Ronald Jones. So James White has popped up as a guy that they can add as a complimentary back there in Tampa, reuniting him with Tom Brady, the great chemistry there. So watch Fournette. Uh, see if he gets any action elsewhere. But White still may be on the radar here for the Bucks in 2021. And finally, looking at Chris Carson. What's happening with Chris Carson? Not much. I think the Steelers had been mentioned as a team that might look at him a little bit more. Maybe that happens in due time. Speaking of the Steelers, James Conner is still out there and not signed. And part of it is both these guys have some durability issues. They have been good at times when on the field, and they can be workhorses, but I think... Of late, they've just been guys. They don't have anything special. They're not exactly great pass catchers, so that limits them. So if you're not durable power backs, that can really limit your attention. So maybe Chris Carson will eventually end up back in Seattle, so we'll watch that here. Or Seahawks don't have that first-round pick. They made the Jamal Adams trade. Maybe they could look at running back in the draft as well. I don't think they can hang their hat on Rashad Penny. Keep my Carl's Hyde left to sign with the Jaguars, so... They might have to end up signing Carson in the end here in free agency. All right, so there's a look now at uh, the latest 
news and notes in NFL free agency that uh, have some uh, fantasy football significance for you. Good way to end the week. Don't forget, again, we will get still into our uh, season and reviews, off-season previews, a little bit different now that we have a little bit of the off-season picture into focus before the draft, but we'll continue with that. Then we'll eventually turn our attention here as the calendar turns to April, uh, focusing on the draft and looking at prospects and what they can do in fantasy football, mock drafts, all that good stuff. We'll take a deeper dive into all that. So big month yet to come here as we count down to April 29th. A lot of good offseason advanced scouting here for you for fantasy football here on Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the tournament, and we'll see you on Monday.